You are now listening to the Double Say Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Justin Nicosia. Welcome back to the Double Say Sports Podcast. It is December 23rd, 2020. Uh, today we'll be talking about the return of the NBA season, the college football playoff, and we'll wrap things up with talking about the Jets getting their first win and what, what effects that will have on the rest of the NFL season and the draft. I'm joined by Noah Levine of the Bonafide Scrubs podcast, and uh, let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Noah. Thanks for having me on, Justin. I'm excited to be on Double Say. I think this is my first appearance, actually, so let's make it, it great. It is. It is. I had that uh, one or two appearances on your show, but you're finally here. Yeah, it's going to yeah. have you. Yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks. So let's start talking about the NBA first. I know you guys had an episode last week uh, talking about the NBA and giving your preview. Um, but what are your thoughts on the NBA so far? I know we're, we're recording this on Tuesday night. The Nets are playing the Warriors right now. And, man, the Nets look good right now. What are, what are some of your thoughts on that game so far? It looks like the Nets may have the best roster in the NBA. I mean, the Lakers, you could argue, they have a really good roster too. They're, we'll see them play later at 1030 or uh, – that game will be done when this is up, but yeah, yeah, the yeah the Nets, uh, they have they pretty much go like eight or nine deep. I mean, I think James training for James Harden will be a mistake for this team. Justin, they have so many good bench guys that mesh together. They have Levert, Dinwiddie. They made some. Uh, they trade for Shamit, I believe. They have Jared Allen. So they have they have all these good young players that got them to the playoffs in these previous years, and now they just have Kyrie and KD, and the and the offense seems so effortless. Effortless. It and, does. And uh, just they seem like a super team right now. It does. And right before we got on, actually, a couple of my friends from home uh, were talking about the game because, you know, one of them is a Nets fan and it, it's the first NBA game of the season. So, of course, they're going to be uh, watching it. And one of my friends uh, who's actually been on this podcast before, Joe, has said that it would be a mistake. He said the same thing you said, that it would be a mistake if they trade for James Harden. They don't need him, uh, even though he might fill a bit of a spot in the rotation in a starting rotation their bench is so deep that they don't want to give up any of those pieces for it and it, it just wouldn't be worth it and I just I, I completely agree with them they might have the deepest bench in the entire NBA and it's complemented by a starting lineup that has two of the best players in the NBA yeah then that's just that's a this crazy team I mean we might see them in the finals this year it's very possible at this point. Yeah. I mean, we saw last year they still made the playoffs. They didn't really do that well, but um, – Yeah. Made, yeah, they didn't really do that well. They made the bubble. Was, yeah, they made the bubble. <laughs> Did I knock my mic? Um, but, yeah, they made the bubble, which I, I was counting as a playoff. It felt like the playoffs because – Yeah, no, they like – um, Even though they lost some of those games to Toronto, they played pretty well in some of those games. It looked like they're an encouraging team in the bubble without Katie and Kyrie, and now you add them to the mix. And, I mean, I, I had some concerns for how this team was going to mesh because Kyrie, I mean, he doesn't like passing that much. And, and KD, I know he doesn't pass – he's just more score first than pass first. It's not like LeBron. But – I mean, they both looks like they're both figuring out. Steve Nash is later in the season is gonna have to figure out how to stagger their minutes together with some of these other great players. But yeah, it looks like they have a great coaching staff, great roster, and good for Nets fans. My Knicks were we're hope, opening night against Indiana tomorrow, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Knicks, um, before we, as we wrap things up with the, with the Nets, I do think that they they're gonna have a great year. Lavert probably is gonna take a step up. Uh, maybe he'll be in the running for maybe six man of the year, maybe even make the starting lineup at some point. Uh, it, it, it seems just so deep, the Nets, and we, we could go on about them for days. But uh, let's talk about our New York Knicks for a minute before uh, we just overview the rest of the NBA as a whole. Uh, what are you predicting from the Knicks this year? I know I saw a lot of power rankings, like All Sports News one on Instagram, for example. They, That's they like stink at power rankings. The Knicks, yeah, he's terrible at power rankings. His rankings are always awful. Um, and in classic all sports news fashion, he puts the Knicks at 32 or not 32, 30th, excuse me. I'm mixing up the NBA and the NFL right now, but all sports news put the Knicks at 30th in his NBA power rankings. And I just, I mean, I know I'm probably just a bit biased because I'm a Knicks fan, but I don't think we're the worst team in the league. What would you say? I say we're one of the worst. I one think of it's the worst, us. but not the worst. I think it's I think it's us and the and the Pistons and and the Thunder. I think the Thunder are probably the worst team in the league this year. They pretty much trade their whole team away 
for draft picks, as we saw in the offseason, they're they're going to be god awful, and they have like Al Horford and a bunch of people making a lot of money too. They they only have Shea. That's the only bright yeah, spot Shea's in the team. Gonna, I mean, he'll take a big step up this year, but he's he can't carry the team all by himself. No, yeah, he's he's good. The Pistons have the last the remaining corpse of Blake Griffin, basically. And then a bunch of guys based playing out there. Killian Hayes, rookie, uh, Jeremy Grant's a pretty good player to sign from Denver. But yeah, with the Knicks, I mean, we're going to be pretty bad, Justin. I wouldn't mind if we end up being the worst team and got the first pick. Well, uh, I mean, with the Knicks luck in the lottery, we would be terrible yeah, that's in the lottery true. anyways. Yeah, Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs looks, would look really nice in Knicks uniform. That's all I'll say. But I mean... It's going to be a lot of moving parts this year. Hopefully Mitch can, doesn't foul that much so he can stay on the floor because his impact is, is it's just amazing. I mean, he gets he can get up to four blocks a game or like three blocks a game. He just got to stay on the floor, offensive rebounding. But this team's going to need shooting. And if Kevin Knox provides that off the bench like he did in the preseason, maybe we could have a decent offense. Just because, I mean, it's, it's now or never for Kevin Knox to actually become a good player. So this is his make or break year, I think. Yeah, I agree, because he hasn't really shown us much so far this year. But uh, I was wondering what your thoughts on Obi Toppin was, getting him in the first round of the draft. Uh, Personally, I was tweeting about this during draft night, and I absolutely loved that pick. I know that he has struggled defensively in college, but that's you can work on that in the NBA. And even if he doesn't improve that much defensively, he has Mitchell Robinson right next to him at center, who can more than make up for him. So... If there's a place that he fits, it will be in New York because, you know, the, the Knicks need someone that can be that playmaker that Obi Toppin provides. And although his defense isn't there, Mitchell Robinson makes up for it and more. And then if Frank Nilakina is on the court at the same time, he can make up for it. I think that the defense isn't as much of a need for the Knicks as, as having a playmaker. And Obi Toppin provides that. And if he can just improve on his defense a little bit, it, it'll pay dividends more than we can imagine. Yeah, I I was fine with the pick. I, I preferred a guard, but I mean, he was a beast in college basketball last year. So I mean, I'm I'm he hasn't impressed me at all in the preseason, to be honest. But I'm not going to panic just yet since he's a rookie. I mean, he's 22; he's sort of an older rookie. But I think I I hear chatter from Will. I know Will on our show. He picked him to win rookie year. I just don't see that, Justin. I don't see Toppin playing enough to garner the attention as a top rookie this year. He's going to back up to Randall. I mean, and Toppin just looks – he's way worse than Randall, objectively, so far. And, I mean, he'll definitely get better and better as the season goes along. That's what rookies do. But, I mean, I don't expect him to be that great out of the gate. I mean, he's sort of a raw – he, he could shoot decently from three, but, I don't know, he's just he's got to get a more diverse skill set, I think. Yeah, and the and the other part that really doesn't do him any fav- favors either is that he's on the Knicks, and the Knicks aren't yeah. going to be doing anything this year. So I, I would also think that he's probably not going to have much of a shot at Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and quickly, the other Knicks first-rounder, he looked great in that last preseason game, but we, we, we all can't get too carried away. It's the Knicks. I mean, I know I'm speaking negatively on my team, but, I mean, quickly, if – I mean, if he keeps playing like that, then I'll definitely be the starting point guard and be like the steal of the draft. But we got to see more from him in real games. I, I like his shooting and I like his effectiveness with the ball. So I, I think that was a really good pick if, if it, he ends up playing well this season. I like that pick a lot. Oh, yeah, that was a fantastic pick. He might have been one of the best, if not the best player available. And I, I know that he was being projected late first, early second in some places, but I thought he had the potential to be going earlier than that. And um, I'm really happy that the Knicks got him at 25, and I'm happy with the way. I haven't been watching any postseason, I mean preseason, but looking at the numbers, I'm really happy with how he's been playing. Yeah, I, I paid attention close to this preseason to see how Toppin and quickly we would do. I, I just watched every game. I'm a big Knicks fan, and I just wanted to see what would happen. And yeah, I just I came a little unimpressed from Toppin, but but it's only three games or four games, so like we can't like he'll definitely be better. Not every rookie's great out just out of the gate, and not everyone's LeBron James, but yeah, definitely. So uh, before we move on from the NBA, uh, two two more things. First, um, we've got a loaded lineup on Christmas Day on Friday. What is the game that you're looking most forward to? Oh, I have one more thing to say. Actually, oh. what do you think of the Knicks cutting Powell? Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, and then we'll get to the, the NBA, the Christmas Day stuff. Um, yeah, you know, Miles Powell, for those of you that don't know, um, I go to Seton Hall. So Miles Powell was 
our pride and joy. Uh, he was he wasn't drafted, unfortunately, but then the Knicks got him um, on a two on a was a two way deal or was it the um, I think it was two way, right? Or it was the um, what's the other one? The non guaranteed non guaranteed contract. It was one of the whatever the, the Knicks signed him uh, like the day after the draft, and uh, he played for like five total minutes in the in the preseason games, and they they cut him. Um, you know, I don't really like that. They, I feel like if there's a time that you're you played him for like five minutes in a preseason, so you don't know how he's going to be doing against the um, real NBA talent aside from the guys on your team. Maybe there was something going on in practice. He wasn't doing well. But from the clips I've seen, he was balling in practice. Uh, he, he was making so many shots and some pretty nice shots, too. Um, I would have loved to see how his level of play translated into the NBA and the Knicks, where, you know, in, in college, I did have a lot of gripes with him. I did kind of think he was overrated and didn't deserve the Jerry West Player of the Year award. Um, that's just my opinion. And a, a lot of people, I agree with especially that. at Seton Hall, hated on me for it. But... <laughs> He has the ability to take over games. He has the ability to shoot shots, shoot shots from the perimeter and just get hot, shoot seven in a row and make all seven. But in college, especially his shooting selection was terrible. But I would love to see how it translated into the NBA where you have a lot of talent around you. You can trust it. And the coaches aren't going to let you get away with shooting one for 14 from three with all triple contested shots from 40 feet out where you're going to be uh, where your only shot of the game is with four seconds left. Uh, yeah. That that did happen in one of the games this year. Just um, pointing that yeah. out there. Yeah, but, I, uh, yeah I wish on... he was given a. I wish he was given more of a chance. Yeah, I wasn't high on Powell either, Justin, for the same reasons. I mean, he. You know who. You know who he really might, reminds me of Malik Monk. They both play mm. very similar. They're both short two guards that don't have very good ball handling skills. To be honest, I mean, Powell, he's okay at it. But I think his size really hurts him with the way he Definitely. plays. And I, I don't know if he could play like that in the NBA. I know there's smaller guards that go off, but it's just not every guy's built different, I guess. But Malik Monk, I really – I remember the Knicks were thinking of getting him and all the Knicks want him. I never won Malik Monk. I knew he would be a bust because, I mean, he's a 6'3 guard. He ran a lot, ran off a lot of screens at Kentucky, but he just didn't have the ball handling and the creating ability to gar- to warner a garner a top 10 pick and i just w- wouldn't take you just don't take a guy like that in the top 10 someone that's bad at creating their own shot i think nowadays yeah and just in today's nba it's extremely important especially from the guard position yeah um, and you need someone that knows how to pass the ball and isn't afraid to pass the ball you need someone that can trust their teammates which I think Powell would have been able to develop in the NBA, but he didn't have it. And I guess that's probably something that the coaches were worried about. He'll probably about. find another team. Yeah, yeah he, I don't he know. Will. It's probably tough. What is he, like 6'1"? It's probably tough for him to create some shots and shoot over people because he did take a lot of ridiculous college shots, and that just can't work in the NBA. Everyone's way faster than you. I mean, everyone's stronger than you, too. So, I mean, he'll, he'll, he could probably find a, a team and be good. Same with Malik Monk. He's struggling on the Hornets, but... They're both very similar. They remind me of each other. Malik Monk was fantastic that one year at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It's like Powell was these uh, last couple of years at the Hall. Yeah, yeah. He was probably one of our greatest, if not our greatest player uh, in program history. But uh, let's move on to some of the NBA Christmas Day games. Uh, we've got a loaded slate with, I believe, si- uh, five games. I was going to say six, but it's five. Five. Um, what game are you most looking forward to? Um, I don't know, honestly. You know, uh, let's see. Who the Nets play the Celtics? I guess that's gonna be a good game. That Celtics is without Kemba, game. Clippers, Nuggets could be. De- oh no, Lakers, Mavs is gonna be the best game. Luca, Luca, Magic against AD and LeBron at eight. That's the the prime time game. And I don't know why the Pelicans get the cloud of playing on Christmas Day over the Knicks. I guess just yeah, the Knicks. It's just it's just tradition for the Knicks. Yeah, the Nets point. are even playing on Christmas because they're good, but. Yeah, the Pelicans, but they won on Christmas last year. That's what I, I didn't realize. They beat the Nuggets last year, the last game that like nobody cared about. It one shocked was before, me. That was before Zion even started playing. Yeah, I know. It won't shock me at all, actually, if they beat the Heat. I mean, there's always some random upsets on Christmas Day. Remember when it was last year, the Warriors, with their god-awful roster, beat the Rockets. Hard and Westbrook struggled that game. Yeah. Well, the Rockets were very hit or miss uh, in some of their games last year. I mean, if they didn't shoot yeah. the ball, they, they sucked. I mean, yeah, they... the Knicks had an upset against them where they blew them out um, in yeah. what, like February or March. 
Yeah, that was a good win. Barrett played really well. It, it's a shame though that it doesn't really matter for the for the for the Knicks because they they sucked anyways. Yeah, Barrett's gonna but, take um, a step forward this year, definitely. Yeah, definitely, and they're a really young team. Uh, they're just probably a few years away, and uh, they can definitely do really well if RJ, Mitch, and Obi Toppin and uh, Emmanuel quickly all develop, um, at an even reasonably close pace. But my favorite game, at least on paper, is going to be the conference semifinal rematch between the Clippers and the Nuggets. I mean, the series went to seven this past year, and the rosters remain pretty much completely unchanged. And I expect another just hard-fought-out game, just like we saw the series between the two was hardly fought out. Yeah, that's a good game. Clippers Revenge Tour. I I did predict on my episode that the Clippers are going to make the finals, and they're actually going to beat the Lakers this year. So I'm going with Clippers Revenge Tour. We'll see what happens. Lakers look really good. It's more just because I'm a LeBron hater, but (laughs) Clippers Nuggets, that's a good game. We're going to see Michael Porter. I mean, he has to answer some questions this year, if he could actually start and play every game and and be their third option because they lost Jeremy Grant to the uh, Pistons in free agency. So we'll see how that big three goes in Denver. And Joel Murray was playing out of his mind the bubble. We'll see if he can continue that. I mean, he's never played like that before. I mean, I, I don't know if he could do, do it all for a whole season, but we'll see what he could do. I wonder if having no fans is going to have an effect on that um, because maybe that's partially what happened in the bubble. He was able to find his groove without having fans there. Maybe it'll play something similar. And he's playing at home so he could sleep in his own bed. Yeah, fan without fans, it's, it's really weird watching. I, basketball definitely needs fans the most out of every sport. It's really, I, it's very hard for me. I don't know about you, Justin, but it's very hard for me to watch college basketball games this year without fans. Oh, it's so, so hard, especially since I go to really a school. It's really hard. It's really hard to get into that. School. Yeah, um, I root for Rutgers and some other teams because my dad, my parents are Rutgers alum, and I mm-hmm. used to, I go to a lot of games. Uh, can't go to any this year, but they're 11th in the country now. I would have been at that Illinois game if uh, oh that was COVID absurd. COVID didn't exist. Yeah, Rutgers better than Hall this year. <laughs> yeah, so far at least. They don't, they don't even play each other this year, actually. No, um, we were supposed to, and then COVID happened. Scheduling changes didn't allow for it. But uh, Kevin Willard, Seton Hall's coach, still wants to try and get a game going later in the year. So maybe some point in February, uh, we'll duke it out. And then maybe if that happens, we can have a review pod on that game. Yeah, Rutgers, uh, we beat you guys last year, actually, at the rack. After my, after you guys literally killed Miles Powell. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice 40-point win, but it's impossible <laughs> to go on the road into the rack and win a game when, when it's especially a sellout crowd. When, especially when Mamu is hurt with a wrist injury, and then you can cuss Miles Powell 10 minutes into the game. Yeah, well, you still had Miles Kell and uh, some other great players. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, well, it, it will be a fun matchup this year. Rutgers – undoubtedly the better team it looks like so far but yeah, yeah the garden the garden state battle so is always far. the garden state battle is always good yeah no matter who's playing or obviously it's Rutgers or Seton Hall but I mean player wise no matter who's playing in it yeah it's always going to be a good game mm-hmm. but uh let's move on to the college football playoff so this weekend the college football playoff committee came together and they announced their top four teams in the country that will make the college football playoff. Uh, they ranked Alabama number one, no surprise there. They ranked Clemson number two after their uh, astonishing victory over Notre Dame. They absolutely blew them out of the water in the ACC championship game. Uh, Ohio State was third. They remained third, um, just like they were last year. They'll be playing against Clemson again and entering playoff at number four for the second time ever was Notre Dame after getting demolished by Clemson. What were your thoughts on this whole rankings? Were there any teams that you thought were snubbed? Did anyone not deserve it? Um, I've definitely got a few opinions on it, but I'd love to hear yours first. Will. All right. Will. No one. <laughs> yeah. But you, you two uh, are the same show. You're basically the same person. I see no problem with calling you Will. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't think there's anything really wrong with the rankings. Um, I know you are probably a Cincinnati homer. I am not. A little, I, little bit. I think they get, will get killed by any of these four teams in an actual game on a national stage. 
I mean, I would honestly, if Florida didn't have like three, two losses, I, it'd be fun if they got in, if they only had one loss. Well, well Alabama was Bama, their third loss, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they beat Bama and somehow got in or something and didn't lose to LSU and had one loss, that'd be a fun team to watch because I think Florida would kill Cincinnati too in a game. Probably. I like rooting for Oklahoma sometimes, but uh, no, they didn't have it this year. Those two early back-to-back losses kind of killed their chances. I mean, you, I mean, honestly, I don't even think it would be that um, the spread would be that big if it was Oklahoma versus Ohio State in a neutral site. I think Oklahoma could actually win that game, honestly, but that's just me being a fan of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So you were completely fine with the, the rankings? Yeah, I thought it was it? fine. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I, they had to move Ohio State up a slot. I don't want to see Clemson Notre, kick Notre Dame's ass again. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to see that game three times in a in a year, especially two weeks back to back. But I, a lot of people are complaining about Notre Dame being in the playoff. They're like, "Oh well, they just lost by twenty four points. Why are they still in the playoff?" Well, you know, they just lost to arguably the best team in the country with. The, and they beat them yes, without quarterback their quarterback. The so they yeah. beat them without the quarterback, but now they had the quarterback. They lost by 24. So then they're trying to use that to invalidate the Clemson win, which I I, I kind of disagree with. But uh, they're complaining like, oh well, you know, they're ju- the the committee is just you know putting Notre Dame in like they always do, which they only did twice. This is the second time Notre Dame has ever been in. I mean, and I think they're deserving of it this year. They're I think they're deserving one, of they're it def- too. And, yeah. A&M is not better than any of these four teams. I don't care what anyone says. I actually do have a problem with these rankings, though. I don't think Ohio State should be in. Um, they only Maybe played... after their last performance, yeah. If they, they lost only... that game, they would. They shouldn't be in, maybe. Yeah. Oh, well, if they lost that game, they wouldn't be in. No yeah, they wouldn't. Mind. But they only played six games this year, okay? Um, we've seen how they have done in the past in full seasons. They've lost to unranked Purdue, unranked Iowa before in, like, the ninth or tenth week of the season – um and they've they've still gotten in multiple times even well, despite that but it's not yeah. the end of the world getting in with one loss what they've one loss last year they they were they yeah. were deserving they were great they were better oh no last better year last, last year. year i think they definitely were but out they of almost, six they almost won that game too so against clemson out of six games they should have won that game though the refs were awful that game um ohio state should have won that game no doubt in my mind but if you look at clemson's body or ohio state's body of work this year six games okay it's Kind of impressive, but I, only playing six games, knowing Ohio State's history, choking in later week games in the season against inferior opponents. I'm, I'm just not convinced. I mean, they played Nebraska. They beat them 52-17, as they should. But then they only beat Penn State by two touchdowns, 38-25. And Penn State was absolutely awful this year, as we as we all know. Um, they beat Rutgers by, like, 22, which is expected. But then they only beat Indiana by a touchdown. Indiana's a great team and everything, but they beat them by a touchdown. Um, they destroyed Ohio State, and then they played. They played. They destroyed Michigan State, not Ohio State. And um, mm-hmm. then they they had a decent win against Northwestern. But like, if you're looking at this, their offense is supposed to be amazing against the two best defenses that they played, Northwestern and and um, Indiana. They averaged 32 points, which isn't terrible, but especially against Northwestern. I mean, that was just yeah. awful. Only putting but up they, 22 points. Justin Fields has thrown five interceptions between those two games. Yeah, he 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 definitely lowered his draft stock on my draft mock or draft board. But uh, yeah, they did run wild in that game. They like 300 something rush yards against Northwestern. I, I guess the pass game wasn't working in Northwestern. I don't know how you can't stop the run, like halfback dive every play, but. Because Fields is playing so bad. All you have to do is take away the run, and then he's screwed. But Which is weird, because they're usually good with the run. They had like 102 yards per game rushing um, their defense. Yeah, that, I, that was that was an outlier game. But do you think that – what do you th- what team would you put in over Ohio State if you don't believe they won uh, enough games by a lot of points? I would have probably put in Texas A&M. I, you, you can't put in Florida – you can't. Yeah. You probably can't put Cincy in. I would. I, I could see you making an argument for Cincy, but you probably can't. You definitely can't put Georgia or Iowa State, Indiana, maybe, but probably not. Coastal, you're eleven to zero, but you know you, you don't have any impressive wins. You almost lost to a couple pretty bad teams. So UCF and my book are national champions. 
UCF <laughs> UCF right now is getting destroyed by BYU, but we'll get to yeah, that in a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, they're, but they're yeah, A&M, them, yeah, A&M, yeah, A&M, they're a decent team. I, I didn't they get loose to Alabama by thirty, but then again, it is that Alabama. was the only game. They, that was the only game. They I don't lost. know. I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to say what team you. Can yeah, play I I don't Ohio believe State. in A&M really, but it really doesn't matter because I think whoever would be the last team and would just get demolished by any of these teams. Like I think A&M would get demolished by Clemson, and Ohio State's gonna get demolished by Clemson. So yeah. it's it, it's kind of pick your poison. But do you think we should expand the playoff? I believe we no. It's so. I would like to just because it's more games to like watch and bet on and just like it's, it's interesting so hard to. entertainment. It's so hard to say that because yeah, the other teams are kind of crappy outside, tough for not even. I mean, the, it's that's not even a problem. Like the problem is two things. First of all, like you had said, yeah, the teams outside of the top four, even a top three, top two or three at this point, really are kind of bad. Um, but the whole thing about that is, you know, six seven years ago, before the college football playoff, we didn't have this level of parity. The there was a lot more variety. You could see like. 12 beat number two or three upset. You don't even see that very often nowadays. You can see 12 beat one. Even the third-ranked team in the country, Ohio State's probably not beating the number one team in the country this year, no. Alabama. Um, and the other thing is, if we expand the playoff, I I don't think this can be the college football playoff committee. The college football playoff committee has shown so many biases to the same three <laughs> or four teams. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, they make up like three-quarters of the uh, th- Alabama – Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma make up like three quarters of the spots throughout the seven years that we've had the yeah. college football playoff. If you take a look, um, here. in the seven years that we had the college football playoff, we've only had 11 different teams make the college football playoff. For reference, in the seven years prior, there had been 10 different teams in the BCS where there are only Wait, two teams. Wait, is the BCS? Oh, there's only two. Oh, yeah. Because that was the college football champ. There wasn't a playoff during the BCS. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, there hasn't been as much variety. That's that's both a combination of the parity of, of the college, of the NCAA, and the college football playoff committee having a strong bias to three or four different teams and not getting any power teams in, or non-power teams in. Now, if I were to expand the playoffs, I've heard people say expand to six and have five auto or all auto bids. I don't really like the auto bids either for every single spot because if you have an auto bid right now, Oregon would be in the playoff. Oregon doesn't deserve it, for example. Some these teams don't deserve it. And then if you go to eight, it's like you'll have the same problems because when we thought we were going to four, we thought that all our problems were going to be solved. All the teams that were snubbed you know, aren't snubbed anymore. But if you go to eight, yeah. there's still going to be so many teams that are snubbed. Um, I have a good Georgia idea. would have been snubbed. Iowa State would have been snubbed. Coastal would have been snubbed. Maybe yeah, 16. I think, no, no. I think I think it'd be cool for this year if they did six and just give Alabama and Clemson a bye. Then we could have Notre or Ohio State against Oklahoma mm-hmm. and A&M against Notre Dame. I think those two would actually be pretty good games to matchups that... And yeah, the winner just moves on. Just make it like the NFL playoffs. You know, traditionally six teams, top two get the bye. I mean, why not just add those two extra teams? Or I mean, if you don't want to, or you could add two extra conference winners. I mean, I don't know conference winners. I mean, nobody conference wants winners coastal. are really iffy. Yeah, nobody really wants coastal in or some team like that. Yeah, but yeah, I think six. I think I don't know, like the three ver- the third team versus the sixth team in the country, the best team in the country. Those are be better matchup. Those are good games, a four versus a five. So yeah, I just just let those teams play it out and see who plays can uh maybe it would be cool upset if, or if, get destroyed by Bama and Clemson. I just think that the biggest problem is the committee that we have right now. The committee just is awful. I mean, when they didn't drop when they dropped Florida one spot after losing at home to LSU that had three injured cornerbacks, that's when you know you have a problem there. But yeah, Georgia, I'm surprised they're even in the top 10. To me, they're not a top 10 team. They just, they need to figure, they need to recruit better quarterbacks and offensive players. Like they need to get a better offensive system going because they, oh, Georgia, yeah. Yeah. You can't just live by, live and die by defense anymore. It's clear. You need to have a good quarterback and and receivers. Well, they 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 always good receivers, but they always have a decent running game and like one or two good receivers, but their quarterback I, is always awful. Yeah, they, they, they let don't... Fields go. They could have. They definitely would have won a chip maybe with, if they had Fields on that team by now. Yeah, but... probably because their receivers are good enough, and they obviously always have a good running back. I mean, they had 
DeAndre Swift up until last year. I mean, he, he was good. They probably could have won it last year with him or Samir White now. Yeah, to me, Georgia is literally just the South version of Northwestern. They're just, they just they look they seem identical to me, those teams. I think they would be a close game if they played and you get even Iowa State may be better in Georgia. Maybe not, but yeah, I just I don't think Georgia's a good team. I think it's too much hype. A, I think Georgia's a lot stronger than uh Northwestern, but yeah, Georgia usually does uh, get a little bit too much hype. Not not two years ago when they won the SEC, but aside from then. Yeah, and I do. can't believe I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I actually bet them to be Florida when I knew like Florida <laughs> could just score 45 on anyone. I don't know why th- Georgia minus three was a good idea, but Florida just destroyed them. That was such a bad bet. I, I did the same thing. My friend, my friend was like, "Hey, you want to make a friendly twenty dollar bet on the Auburn Georgia game?" I was like, "Oh, sure, let's do it. I'm an Auburn fan. Let's let's bet on Auburn." He's like, "You want the spread? It's like seven and a half." I'm like, "Nah, nah. Let's just do twenty straight up for the winner." And Auburn got blown out, so um, I feel dumb for that one. Yeah, Florida won 44-28, and they literally had like 38 points in the first half. At halftime, I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I lost. Georgia sucks. Florida's they offense can't... is fun to watch, but their, their yeah. defense can't stop a nosebleed. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can't. I, I wish they were in the playoff. They're a fun team to me. I, I like how, they're, how they'd roll. Uh, <laughs> before we move on to our final predictions, I just wanted to point out that Florida – gave up um, 17 points to Vandy. And uh, that was pre-Sarah Fuller Vandy. So if Sarah Fuller was on that on that team... It would have been uh, like 40 extra points. It, it would have been an upset. Florida would have lost to Vandy. What do you think, what do you think of uh, the Sarah Fuller thing? Do you think it's like a stun? Because I, I, I read oh, Clay Travis... <laughs> I leak I read Clay Trav uh what's his name? Clay Travis, Clay Travis that guy. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Um I follow He's him. But like yeah, he um he just goes at people all day for saying it's not. I don't know. He's just he's I, been bought I mean some of the stuff he says does bother me about like a lot of things. A little weird, but yeah, he he's he a little does, crazy. He, he just picks out fights at every points, No, he's right. I agree with some of the stuff he says, but he he fights way too many people online for me sometimes. Definitely. It's like it's like Trevor Bauer times seven thousand and he like doesn't know when to stop. At least Bauer, like he's funny with it. He knows like kind of when to stop, and everyone knows he's joking. Like Clay Travis, you're like, yeah, he's kind of looking for a fight. Yeah, I don't I don't have listen to his radio show or or outkick or anything. Me neither. I've I just follow him the articles, but I follow him just to see what he's saying. Yeah, he um he he's he's definitely an interesting person, but yeah, Sarah Fuller. I, I think yeah, that, whatever. Look, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really care it's either. Pretty stupid, it's stupid, but it's I I do think it's a uh, it's a publicity stunt. Can I say that on on this? Like, I, this is my uh, show, but I'm like, can I say it on this? Do I need to edit this out? Um, someone someone's gonna cancel you. Someone's gonna cancel me. I don't want to get canceled. But anyways, like you look in the Tennessee game. Good for her. She kicked. She kicked two extra points. Those would have missed from five yards further. Those would have missed if it was a twenty-five yard field goal. If you just look at the clips, um, they literally had two chances for field goals from like thirty-seven and forty-one or something, and they gave it to the punter. So yeah, are you, are you seriously telling me that that? They're yeah, doing it's this a for... stunt then. Because if if, if yeah. she actually kicked field goals and made it, I'd be like, okay, she could actually be a legit kicker maybe or something for this team. Yeah, but no, she she didn't she couldn't kick that, and, and, uh, and they, they didn't give her any the, they didn't give her any of the kickoffs in the Tennessee game, and yeah. the one kickoff she did get in the Missouri game, they say it was a squib kick, but it, it really why would you squib kick it down three scores at after halftime? It just doesn't make any sense from a football standpoint. Yeah, it's just just a weird situation. But uh, back to the playoff. <laughs> yes, back to the back to the playoff, and um, I might be, be cutting all of that out because God knows I, I don't want it. Yeah. Canceled. But <laughs> who knows? Um, I'll, I'll figure it out in editing. So, anyways, the college football playoff is going to be starting on New Year's as usual. It's going to be starting with um, which game is first? Um, wait, yeah. It's going to be starting at four on on New Year's Day on ESPN when Notre Dame takes Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Alabama is nineteen and a half point favorites, and I really expect nothing less. Um, Wait, it's the Rose Bowl. This game is it's in the Rose Bowl. Yes. Oh, interesting. Um, Who do you think wins against Notre Dame? Um, Right. Do I have to ask you? Yeah, it's Alabama and Notre Dame. Do I even have to ask you? Alabama's going to win, but I actually think it's going to be closer than people think. I think Notre Dame's actually going to show up for this game, unlike they did in the against Clemson, the ACC chip. I don't know. I just think Notre Dame, they're, they're, they, could, they could sort. Maybe they could control the line of scrimmage for a little bit in this game. I mean, I don't like Ian Book that much, but 
Well, he's improved to... a lot. I really like yeah, how he's been playing recently. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame, if they can figure out the run the ball and, and sort of slow the game down, they have a chance. But um, if they get down 14 or it's, or more than that, it's over because they, they have to keep they have to keep the ball in their hands. They can't let Alabama's offense step onto the field. I mean, I think Alabama, I would probably say they win like, I don't know, 38-28 maybe. So you don't think they cover? It's a 19.5 point spread. You don't think Alabama Yeah, no, cover? I think Alabama wouldn't by like 14 or something. It, it's going to be close in the first half probably, and then Alabama's going to figure it out and pull away. So, Okay, interesting. Um, I Not going to be I, a 30-point blow. I think Alabama's going to show up for this game. I don't know. This I'm kind of conflicted here because Notre Dame showed that in the, in the ACC championship game, they just couldn't stop anything. And as much as I hate to say as an Auburn fan, Alabama has the most explosive offense in the country, arguably even more explosive than, um, than Clemson's. And when you let Travis Etienne run for 124 yards on only 10 carries, how are you going to stop Najee Harris? Najee yeah, Harris is a better offensive fig- line, and he's just so he's even more versatile than, than yeah. Clemson's Travis Etienne. I mean, yeah, I just think Alabama pulls with the end. I don't think that 19 points, I wouldn't bet uh, minus 19. It's just, I don't like big spreads. So Yeah, uh, me neither. But it, it's a lot. Uh, I, I wouldn't bet it either way. I think Alabama wins. I think it's more than yeah. a 10. Um, I, st- I do think they will cover it, but I'm not confident enough to say anyone should bet it. But Yeah, I think I it'll be a like decent a game. Point game. Yeah, I think it'll be a decent game. I'll probably watch it. There's probably going to be nothing else on anyways. Yeah. But, um, then the 8 o'clock game is also on ESPN, and that's between Ohio State and Clemson in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Um, Clemson is favored in this game, obviously, and they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, what do you think happens in this game? I, I know you it's, said it's earlier only, you think it's only seven-and-a-half. I know you were saying earlier you think Clemson blows out Ohio State. You think they blow them out enough to win a spread? Yeah, I think they win by, like, 20 points. I don't think Ohio State has a chance. They're not going to be able to run the ball. They're not going to get 300 rushing yards. And if Justin Fields cancel out 300 rushing yards, they're not getting that definitely in this game. It's going to be Justin Fields having to beat them. And uh, I know, isn't there the rest receiver out? Is he going to be back for that game, you think? Um, What's his I, name? They I were missing know. a good is it, receiver. Is it Garrett Wilson? Maybe. One of those guys. But One of the guys. Let's see. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like Ohio State's offense. What, and you got to remember that Justin Fields also has his thumb injury. I don't know if it'll still be lingering in a week and a half from now. Yeah, I just don't you know. I just, I just don't think Ohio State um, can stay with Clemson. Clemson's going to put points. They're actually going to put the knockout punch on like Northwestern did. Clemson's going to get some stops, probably some turnovers, and they're just going to go up 21 points. And that's sort of the end of Ohio State season, I think. I think they easily cover. I think they win by double digits pretty easily or two touchdowns, too. Yeah, this just isn't the same um, Ohio State team that we saw last year. They, they, they're they just not nearly as dominant. And as much as I, I thought that they were going to win and thought they should win last year's game, this is just such a different team, especially without Chase Young and all the other guys on defense. Um, they're probably going to struggle to uh, stop Clemson just because Clemson is – one of the most offense, uh, explosive offenses in the league. Um, they gave up 35 points to Indiana, so and Clemson's a lot better than that. So I think that yeah. Clemson can easily put up well above 35 points. And Clemson's also a better defense than Indiana. Probably not as good of a defense as Northwestern, but the, second best, defense, the second best defense that they, they're going to be facing um, all year. And they're going to struggle to run the ball. And they're definitely going to struggle passing the ball. And and Justin Fields, in the two games against the hardest defenses he's faced, has turned the ball over five times. And I see him just, you know, getting sacked a couple times in this game and making a couple bad throws. He might have one or two interceptions. And Ohio State, I just don't think they can. They, they're going to be able to put up enough points to keep up with Clemson. And um, I agree with you. As much as it pains for me to say it, I grown a kind of hatred towards Clemson over the past few years, uh, but Clemson should win this one handily and set up a date with Alabama the week after. Yeah, I'd say this game ends like 38-24, 45-24 Clemson wins. I think it's pretty, I think it gets out of hand quickly. Yeah, I don't I don't have a uh, direct score prediction off the top of my head right now, Yeah, I would be surprised. If yeah, like, I just think the Alabama-Nerdame is going to be the closer of the two games if I had to pick one. 
I don't know. I just have a good feeling about Clemson this that week. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, this is this is like my nightmare matchup for the final. It's gonna be at least I hate Alabama. I hate Alabama with my life. As much as you hate them, I hate them more. Yeah. And they're gonna be facing probably, probably. I'm not gonna knock on wood because I want to jinx it, but they're probably gonna be facing Clemson. Um, who over the past few years, I've just grown such a hatred for Clemson just because they never play anyone. The ACC is awful and they always get rewarded for it. Um, and it's, it's a different hatred than Alabama. But I mean, if Clemson's playing Alabama in this, I'm obviously rooting for Clemson. And it's going to be, I think it would be a pretty good game. What do you think? Clemson, Alabama? Yeah. I think Clemson wins. Really? I think they win. I'm going to take my chances at Cle- Clemson. Alabama, I mean, it, this reminds me of, what, the 2018 title game where Alabama was the the team all year with Tua, all those great receivers. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of got – I mean, Clemson's deal was definitely better than, but they sort of got clobbered a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying Clemson's going to, like, clobber them with their defense the whole game. But I'm gonna be. I'm gonna believe in Trevor Lawrence over Mac Jones. I, I think Trevor's gonna make a few more plays. I think it's gonna be a very close game in, in Clemson. I think they win by a field goal or something towards the end. I think it's gonna be both teams are again in the 40s. I think it's gonna be a great game, and I I think I'm gonna lean Clemson a little bit. I want to lean Clemson, but, and I, I'm really conflicted. It's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a really close game as well. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence, as most people would probably say, is by far the better quarterback. Mac Jones yeah. has really nice stats and all, but he also has the by far the best receiving core in the country. If there's any team that's going to be able to stop him, it's going to be Clemson. I mean, they get they get to the quarterback quite a bit. They, they their their cornerbacks cover absolutely insanely well, and even though Alabama's receivers still get open from time to time, I, I don't think it'll be enough for them to be putting up you know the 52 points they've put up in the back-to-back weeks the 55 points they put up against lsu the week before yeah um, i think alabama probably gets held to under 45 maybe even 40 yeah. and clemson probably i don't know if they run away with it per se they almost definitely won't but um etn should have a pretty good game um alabama is very susceptible to giving up a ton of points to pass-heavy teams. I mean, we saw it to Florida. They gave up 46 points to Florida and could have given up more if there was another minute in the game. Um, yeah. They only gave up 13 to Auburn, but that's because they suck in the air as much as I... As I um, yeah. I had to get a, I had to get a Bo Nix jab in, in there. Um, yeah. It, it, they gave up 48 points to Ole Miss, who, as we know, is one of the better uh, passing offenses in the SEC. So they give up loads of points to passing offenses, and Clemson is no different from that. And Clemson should be able to find enough of a balance to to um, be able to give it to, to Travis Etienne on the ground and be successful with it. And obviously Alabama's team is, is amazing, and they'll be able to go toe-to-toe with them. But I think this game is going to be a race to whoever gets 40 points first and maybe even a race who gets to 35 first, but def- definitely whoever gets to 40 first will win. And I think that's probably, like you said, it's probably going to be Clemson. I don't know if it's my anti-Alabama bias, but I do think Clemson has a good shot there. And I'm probably going to have to agree with you that they want a close one. Yeah, actually, uh, funny. I'm looking at the DK Sportsbook odds. They already have all the potential championship matchup odds. I mean, this is obviously oh, really? a change. Yeah, Alabama will be favored by three and a half over Clemson with an over-under of 69 and a half. So nice. it's going to be a close game. So they if predict Ohio- like 37-31, 37-32. Yeah, uh, if Alabama faced Ohio State, they'd be nine and a half point favorites. And yeah. What and if, other, uh, like if anyone played Notre Clemson, Dame? if they face Notre Dame again, 17 and a half. Ugh. And if they face so, and if wow, this is shocking to me actually. If Ohio State made the championship against Notre Dame, they would be nine and a half point favorites. Really, I can't see I, that. I, I would take Notre Dame that. plus nine and a half all day if that was. Oh, thing. definitely. Yeah. I would. I definitely would take nine and a half points. Yeah, these I would are, even consider the money line there. Yeah, these are like soft odds, but yeah, my yeah, yeah, they're obviously subject to change, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think Clemson can win. I, I could see him winning by three points. It's gonna be a close game, so. I just think Clemson's going to get 
a few turnovers, they're going to get enough stops to help them win the game. Because we Alabama can't stop, couldn't stop Florida, like you said. Yeah, and, and Mac Jones. They, they I think, they, I think they, Mac they, Jones they, is an overrated fraud. Yeah, and Alabama's not going to be able to stop Clemson. I think so. It's going to be it's going to be a good game. Alabama, Clemson definitely has a little better defense, so I'm going to pick them to win by a field goal or something. If Alabama wants to really win, they need to hope that Najee Harris can get another five touchdown performance. Yeah, and then you get Waddle back. I mean, if they have Waddle back, that's going to be pretty tough for Clemson's secondary. If they both, them, if they can, I doubt. I, I doubt he would be able to though. I think wasn't he done for the year? Oh yeah, he he actually probably is done for the year. You're right. I yeah, yeah. About that. <laughs> but um, since we've seen uh Devontae Smith dominate Justin, what where does he compare to sort of the past Alabama receivers? Because I I haven't watched that much college football. I just I look at the stats once in a while. I really start watching like. Yeah, championship weekend, or maybe a week before when the when the or maybe a few games are in here when the like like a good game's on, you know. But Devontae Smith, he seems great. He seems really skinny. He's fast. But like, where does it? Where do you? Where does he compare to like Judy and Rugs and some of these uh, past receivers? It's I don't know. He's I don't think he's nearly as fast as either of those two. I don't think he's nearly as much of a of a speed demon as as either of them. He kind of feels a lot more like a. Stefan Diggs kind of guy where, yeah, he's still fast, but he doesn't have Tyreek Hill or, like you said, Henry Ruggs style speed. Um, he's more of a, a get the ball, catch it, make nice routes kind of guy. He's he's really good at, at the route running. He has one of the best hands, one of the best sets of hands in the country, and he could catch any ball no matter where it is, no matter who's covering him. Um, even though he's only six foot one, he still can – go up and get some balls and I, I don't know I think Stefan Diggs is probably a pretty good pro comparison for him if I were to offer one yeah he'll be probably the second receiver taken Jamar Chase who opted out um he might be the first receiver taken he was amazing with Burrow that last year but yeah from what I've seen from Devontae Smith and when I saw Ruggs at Alabama last year I feel like Devontae Smith might be better than Ruggs Overall, I mean, he might try not as fast, but I think Judy would be the best of those three. And a Waddle, you could throw Waddle in there. He's probably the fourth best of those guys. But I feel like people will sleep on Waddle, but yeah. It's just crazy receivers they've been having the last couple of years. They're all going to be good NFL receivers. Oh, yeah, they all will be. And um, Jalen Waddle is, yeah, it, it's just a shame that they don't have Jalen Waddle anymore because he is the fastest player in the country. Um, yeah. No doubt, and it's a shame. Hopefully his ankle injury doesn't have an effect on that because he's going to be a really good NFL player with his speed, uh, similar to Tyreek Hill. I know that's, like, the easiest comparison in the world to make, but... Yeah, we'll see if Devontae can actually, like, run routes and get open in the NFL level. These rugs, I mean, he's sort of struggling. I mean, he gets a few deep bombs, but um, you don't go against Lamar Jackson at cornerback every play uh, in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, no which safety. Lamar Jackson? The, J the Jets Lamar Jackson or the Ravens Lamar? <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to face uh, just no safety help one-on-one -on -one against a, a four-stringer cornerback. But, yeah, Judy, I think Judy's just going to end up being the best of those guys, but... He can run rats the best, and I just I like his game. Just Drew Locke stinks. Yeah, Drew so Locke far. is awful. He needs to get into a, a better offense, which is surprising. But yeah, I'm all a, the, a, all these guys will be good. Rugs on the NFL Week One preview. I was talking about the Broncos for a minute and how they might have an underrated offense. Well, I clearly was wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, it was first. It was Locke's first full year as a starter. Maybe we could cut him some slack. Yeah, and he's dealt with injuries around him. His defense. I mean, has yeah, I thought injuries, the Broncos. No offense, yeah. been injured. Yeah, I love the Broncos offense and their team. I thought they were going to make the playoffs and win like nine games this year. I mean, it didn't happen. All the injuries, Von Miller tore his ACL. Yeah, and son got hurt. Yeah, th th those were some unfair injuries. But I mean, Tim Patrick, Hamler, Judy, Sutton, Fant, like that's amazing skills. skills yeah, when they're all healthy, it'll be really great. Yeah. And then you have you have Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay in the backfield. Like then the NFL is going to a, a dual threat backfield now, and they're one of the better ones. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So uh, we squared away everything that we want to talk about with college football. So let's talk about the Jets, man. My New York Jets. I was working during this game. I, I, I saw that the Jets got out, and they got out to his two-score lead early in the game. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, um, we're the Jets, so I'm not really scared. We've done this before multiple times, most notably against the Raiders. Um, which, by the way, when we lost against the Raiders, my whole family, we were all watching upstairs. 
as soon as Henry Ruggs caught that ball, I was like, yes, let's go. I was screaming so is loud. Everyone's, I, everyone is a Jets fan, your family? Yeah, yeah, we all are. So yeah, my, the, the, my dad is not me, though. <laughs> lucky you. Uh, you're, you're a Seahawks fan, and you destroyed us. If only the Rams did that to us. It was like, I know. Well, thanks for the – we got first place in the division, so I guess I could yeah, thank yeah. you guys for that. I, we beat you, and then we beat the Rams, who are – you beat us, excuse me, and then we beat yeah. the Rams. Which Forty to three. Yeah, that after the first drive, you guys just had no chance against the Seahawks. Yeah, exactly. And and I just I can't that, believe the Rams lost. Like of I all thought teams, going to be one of the games where Adam Gase pulls a Kevin Willard and makes some halftime adjustments to lose. But then again, I forgot that Adam Gase is Adam Gase. I can't believe like it doesn't make any sense how the Rams just couldn't stop like Frank Gore running for like four yards a play. No, the Rams and, like, are the Rams are a top five defense in the NFL. I know, and why did they struggle? They like and Goff. I I really just I hate that guy so much. He's so I bad. I've hated Goff since I had him in fantasy last year, and he screwed my team. Yeah, he um he's not. I don't think he's very good. McVay, I I'm just I just think he's a fraud. Like he just try he just gets too cute. He just tries running the ball too much. And which why I would needed, you because I have Cam Akers yeah, in my I know, but why would finals. you but why would you just run on like second eleven against the Jets run deal, which is notoriously for being good like this year? Yeah, I mean, it, why? <laughs> when you when they have fourth string cornerbacks, why don't you just throw Robert Woods and Cooper Cup every play? It doesn't make any sense that they waited too late. And I don't know, they just played terrible. They they deserve to lose. They just the figured that I, I I didn't watch the game because I was working, so I, I can't. Yeah, I I watched the second half of that game, but yeah, because yeah, the Rams still thought they important. could just run the ball down ten points when they needed to go like run an actual passing offense. My guess is the Rams are like, okay, it's it's the Jets. We can just get cute with it, do yeah. whatever we want. It's yeah, kind of like cute. It's kind of like you know when you're when you're in high school and you're you're the best team in the county you know you have like three all americans or whatever you play against little brother like who's in who should be in the section below you you're like ah you know what let's just do whatever and then you get smacked and everyone hates you except the difference here is you know the jets needed this loss and they still won anyways and the jets shouldn't have been trying and then after the game Mikai Becton said, you're not a real fan if you're a Jets fan and you're rooting for us to lose, which I'm sorry, Mikai. I mean, you're he has a, a point. He has a <laughs> – I, I guess he has a point. But listen, <laughs> li listen here, buddy. Listen here. You're a player, so you're going to be thinking of this from a player's perspective. You're going to be thinking of this short-sighted. Sure, con congrats on your win. I, I'm, I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy that the franchise is screwed for the next 15 years. While the Jags go out there and have fun with Trevor Lawrence, I, I hope you're happy. But um, speaking of which, you think the Jags will end up with the, with the number one pick? They do play the Bears and the Colts, who the Colts they beat in week one. Is there any chance that the Jets get lucky and still can, um, by the way, lose to the Browns and Patriots and then have the, the, the Jags win one of those games? There, there is a chance. I mean, we saw the Jets beat the Rams and the Bengals beat the Steelers on Monday night, so anything's possible in this league. You're lucky the Jets do not have two wins, though, Justin. If they actually won that Raiders game, we'd be sitting here like, oh, yeah, they're well, the, the Jets second pick. the second, yeah. Yeah, we were like, oh, they're done. But um, the Jaguars, they could beat the Bears. I mean, you gotta root for, you're got you going to be rooting for that. I mean, Oh, but, yeah, uh, for sure. Anything, anything can happen. It really stings, obviously, for all Jets fans, but... What do you think they? What do you think they do now that if they actually don't get the first pick, well, like I, I, I guess that's gonna ruin the future. I guess you, I mean, would you just want to keep Sam Darnold? Like, what would you do if you're the Jets? Well, here's the first thing I wanted to get out of the way before um, we talk about if the Jets don't get the number one pick. Um, what happens if the Jags get the number one pick? Do you think 100% no matter what they go with Trevor uh, with Trevor Lawrence? Because probably, yeah. I think there's a shot. I'm not saying it's a big shot. It's definitely not probable. It's definitely not likely. Probably, I'd say, 10 to 15% chance at most that they don't get a quarterback. Um, they could get – I forgot his name. but the, the tackle out of Oregon is a guy that they could get. But I, I, Yeah, but you don't, I don't – you don't do that, though. They need a quarterback. Yeah, you'll probably, you'll probably see them get Trevor Lawrence. But the, the, the only thing is, like, Minshew has arguably – if you're going to compare him in a vacuum, in a vacuum, all this is going to be said. He's probably better than Darnold, as much as I hate to say it. I have been a That's Darnold what I was supporter. trying to say to one of my friends who's a Jets fan. He's like, no way. 
I have been a Darnold supporter this entire time, and I think Darnold probably has more talent, but he hasn't been playing as well. Um, But let's let's put it this way. Um, The Jags, they're they're in a better situation um, than the Jets, I think. The line is better for for Gardner Minshew. They have some nice receivers. They've got... They've got nice receivers. The Jets probably have a better receiving core, but they, they can never stay on the field. Um, and then the Jags don't have Adam Gates, which is automatically 10 points anyways. So, And Robinson's just, really good. Allen Robinson's really good. No, or, James not Robinson. Allen Robinson. James Robinson. I'm, I'm slow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm slow. It's not like 2016 anymore. <laughs> um, anyways, yes, James Robinson is really good. So, yeah, you're probably going to go with them, with him. But I wouldn't be completely surprised if they stay with Gardner Minshew. I, 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 obviously, like I said, I think it's probably less than a 10% chance they do. But he still has two years left in his contract for Starnold, who has one. He is in a better situation right now and performing better. So maybe, maybe, again, very small chance, but maybe they hold their, um, they, they, they stay with Gardner Minshew, which, I would be very happy with, and it's probably just me being a hopeful Jets fan saying that there's even a shot. Um, but any of that's going to be a point when in April they do announce Trevor Lawrence if they get the number one overall pick. Um, as for the Jets, like I've said, I've been a Sam Darnold supporter for so long. I really would like to see them keep him, but as a Jets fan, you also kind of got to just settle. You've got to be like, it is what it is and settle for things. And I've, and over the past few weeks, I was like, you know what? I'm going to settle for the Jets getting, quote, settle for the Jets getting Trevor Lawrence and trading like a third round pick or whatever they're going to get for Darnold um, on draft day. And now they don't have Lawrence. I kind of can back up on that feeling a little bit. I would rather them get, I forgot his name again, but the Oregon tackle, pair him up with Becton, get really nice tackles, and then maybe get a couple interior linemen in the offseason. Or even, I, I do not mind Justin Fields. I know he's had a couple rough games against good defenses, which do, does raise some questions in the NFL. But I think that he has tools similar to, dare I say, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but tools similar to Lamar Jackson where he can run, he can throw the ball. I think he's he's – Less of a scrambler than Lamar Jackson, but he can still – he has a stronger arm, a better arm than Lamar Jackson. I, I don't know. It's just – it's hard to say. If you were to look quarterback, though, for the Jets, you can't – you can't not look at Zach Wilson, especially if you're looking at the way he's playing right now. Uh, we're recording this at the – it's the end of the third quarter now, and BYU is winning 49-17 to against UCF. Um, Zach Wilson is absolutely insane. He's 22 for 28 with 384 yards and three touchdowns. He had over 100 yards five minutes into the damn game. So he's been throwing the ball really well all year. I know that the Mountain West doesn't have all that much competition. Or actually, no, not the Mountain West. They're an FBS independent, excuse me. But I know that they haven't played all that much competition this year. But Zach Wilson has one of the strong storms in this How do you draft. lose to Coastal, though? How the hell do you lose to Coastal? Because um, Coastal's 11-0, so they're a, decent, they're a decent team. It was on the road also. Um, I, I don't know. Um, Corey, I think Corey's his first name. No, CJ Marable, their running back, absolutely ran all over BYU. So, um, I don't know. BYU... BYU lost that coastal game. I didn't watch much of it, but from what I was seeing about it uh, after the game and the highlights, coastal just doesn't really pass the ball. And BYU is a completely different style of offense. They love to to um, just air the ball out, air raid offense. Coastal ran the ball, or they only passed the ball 15 times. They just controlled the pace of the game, and that just doesn't allow BYU to get into their uh, their rhythm and just pa- and pass the ball as much as they want. And as a result. Zach Wilson didn't have a great game, but that's because he wasn't playing his style. And I think that's mainly why Coastal beat BYU in that game, just because Coastal controlled the time of possession. They had 38 minutes time of possession and weren't letting BYU pass the ball. Yeah, I didn't watch a second of that game. I just remember them losing to Coastal. Yeah, I just uh, watched the end. Yeah, what do you think of Mac Jones? Is is he coming out, right? I believe he is, but look. Is is he a first-round quarterback? 
I, I haven't seen him in the first round in many drafts, and I wouldn't put him in the first round. He has what about, um, the best receiving core in the country, one of the best offensive lines in the country, the best running back in the country, and yeah, I just don't think he can. What about Trask? Is he coming out? Is he in this draft? Uh, yeah, he should be coming out. Um, I would... I wouldn't take him. I would rather take Zach Wilson over him. It's between for me. It's between Wilson and Fields. Um, yeah. If I said Hurts earlier. I meant Justin Fields, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I. It's like fifty-fifty. You could go either way, just because uh, Fields is more of a, of a mobile quarterback kind of guy, and Wilson's just the throw the ball deep, Patrick Mahomes kind of guy. Um, yeah. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Trask. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. Yeah, he can throw the ball pretty deep, too. But their offense is also very similar in a sense that it's a run and gun. Not a run and gun. A air raid offense that really focuses even more than Coastal. Not Coastal. Than BYU on passing the ball. And the difference is Zach Wilson doesn't really have many um, weapons. And you look at Max. Uh, you look at Kyle Trask, and he has... Both Kyle Pitts and uh, Kadarius Tony, as two uh, two probable first round picks in this draft as well as his receivers slash tight end because Pitts plays both. Um, so I, I would probably rather Wilson. He's doing similarly as well with a lot less than than Trask. So I'm I'm pretty high on Zach Wilson. One of my friends while we were recording this texted in our group chat. Uh, talking about the game, he's like, "Oh yeah, well Justin's gonna be like, oh well, they're only playing UCF. He's uh, yeah, who really cares? No, he's doing absolutely insane with no weapons, and um, he's been doing insane all year, and he's got one of the strongest arms in the draft. So uh, that's my whole rant there. I think it would fit the Jets pretty well because they have a bunch of guys that can go deep. You look at Crowder, he could go deep. You look at Mims, he can go deep, and." Rashard Berryman can go deep as well. So I think he'd be a really good fit with the Jets. I yeah. would probably lean him a little bit more than Fields right now, especially because with Fields, like, like uh, Wilson, he hasn't really had a bad game. Fields has already had two bad games against good defenses this year. So uh, who knows? That's yeah, my you got, If you want uh, Wilson, you got to trade Darnold for a second or third. So you got you to gotta figure that out. But uh, That's the thing. I, I still don't really want to trade Darnold. I want to give him another shot, but... Um, I just don't know. I don't know. He, I he, would no need a, he would need a new regime, a complete overhaul, and it, yeah. he would probably benefit from a complete change in scenery. Yeah, I have no idea. That you're only, it just sucks that you're only going to get like a second or third round pick in trade for a guy who was a third overall pick at once. Yeah, that's just what happens in this league. But uh, Dolphins got Rosen for like a second. So and Darnold's probably going to be a second round pick for... Uh, some team's going to trade a second for him, but yeah, we'll still have to see what Joe Douglas does, but yeah, kind of just not very good for the Jets future. They, if they really do miss out on Trevor and he becomes amazing, but maybe if he was on the Jets, who knows, maybe the Jets would have ruined him or something, or maybe the Jaguars yeah, the ruined Jets, him. The Jets tend to do that with top 10 quarterback picks. Yeah. I I've, I've, I've a feeling Trask is going to be drafted like the second round and he's going to be a backup and it'll be a solid starter in this league. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, like a backup for a team. Like, if maybe that develops like him, Atlanta or someone's, I could see because Matt Ryan's getting a bit older. Oh like, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a decent pick for them. Yeah, especially because they've got a, uh, they've obviously got Julio Jones, but aside from Julio, they've got a couple good young uh, receivers in Russell Gage and Galvin Ridley that would probably be able to bode well with a um, Kyle Trask type. Yeah, when the Falcons were like winless, like at like week six, I was like, oh, they should just tank for Trevor Lawrence, like. He could sit behind Matt Ryan for a year, and then he could have Ridley and like all these other weapons. I think that'd be a perfect landing spot for him. But uh, Falcons won too many games, so that's not happening anymore. Unless yeah, they unless just he trade like ten picks. <laughs> unless he falls, but Trevor Lawrence isn't going to fall. We all know that. <laughs> yeah. So unless be unless he gets a unless he gets a Laramie Tunsil kind of uh, night. Yeah, and uh, Lawrence is probably going to be a Jaguar as it looks like as of now, but. Uh, Oh well, oh well. He goes from one shitty. I mean, the Knicks are supposed to get Zion too. It happens. You know, I I just think that the. Uh, but then NBA again, it is. Should, at, yeah, but I think the, the lottery is out of our consider. control. The Jets well, control. The lottery the is one. rigged, anyways, as it yeah. is. But yeah, um, I think the NBA should consider uh, forcing the Pelicans to make a trade 
uh, to the Knicks for Zion Williamson. Well, I mean, maybe when well, Zion's still buddies with RJ, maybe when Zion's a free agent, he'll leave that dumpster. Maybe New Orleans is not a dumpster. I guess it's disrespecting. It's it's a nice city. I haven't been there, but it's a nice city. I heard. I, I want. I well, the Pelicans as a franchise are a dumpster, though. Well, yeah, and, yeah. But and so, Zion, I mean, the Knicks have maybe Knicks Zion could meet up Stolen. with RJ. And maybe he could sign there in free agency in a few years. Who knows? Who maybe knows? New Orleans I mean, doesn't work out or something. That, that's something that we're all wishing for. Well, maybe you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence doesn't get his fifth year option picked up, and then the Jets could sign him in free agency. Yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be impossible. Unless Trevor Lawrence just sucks. You better hope Trevor just says, nah, I'm not playing for the Jags. Trade me to the Jets or something. What if he's... I mean, yeah, that, trade me to the... I'll, I'll, I'll put a trade request in, but only trade me to the Jets. Yeah. No one ever. <laughs> well, he's just like, you know, I want to be on the Patriots or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he'd, he'd be in heaven like, with I, the Patriots. Yeah, and... Uh... Patriots, interesting team moving forward. They they stink this year, but they should trade for Stafford next year. But uh, that's it would be a good move. I know people hate on Stafford, but Matt I think Stafford's he's good. a good quarterback. His receivers have been dealing with, especially Galladay, have just been dealing with a slew of injuries this year. Um, you got Adrian Peterson as a lead back there because DeAndre Swift can't seem to get on the field, so he doesn't really get much help. I know with the Patriots, he won't have much help either, but he's going to have a Bill Belichick offense, which usually seems to find a way to do at least decent. Not as much this year, but yeah, know, we'll see. He's a lot better than Cam Newton, at least throwing the ball. Definitely. But that just about wraps up the show. Anything you want to add, Noah? Clemson's winning the Natty Chip. I hope so. That's literally going to be the dream. I'm going to, you know, going to bed tonight, I'm going to write a letter to Santa, and I'm going to say, Santa, please, <laughs> please let and Clemson Tigers win. I have another present for you. The Jaguars are going to upset the Bears this weekend. <laughs> I got to add that to my list, and, too. Maybe he could just make this magic happen because he's made so much magic happen before, um, especially when I was nine and he gave me coal in my stocking. <laughs> you actually got coal? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. I, I never got coal either, but <laughs> I don't even really – we don't do stockings anymore, but yeah. I we mean, Merry Christmas to you candy. and your family. You too, Noah. Merry Christmas to you guys. And Merry Christmas to everyone listening to this. Uh, if you're celebrating, Merry Christmas. If not, still Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays. Uh, that does it for me here. Noah, thank you for joining the show once again. Peace. We'll, we'll have you on uh, in 2021, Justin. All right. I'll see you guys in the Bonafide Scrubs podcast in 2021. And everyone, stop what you're doing now. Go over to the Bonafide Scrubs podcast. Uh, and just listen to as many episodes of theirs as possible. Uh, they have <laughs> one of the best. They have one of the best shows uh, in the entire Apple Podcast library. And <laughs> you, won't regret, you won't regret it. Yep. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Leave a review, uh, five star review, an honest review. Share it with your friends and uh, follow us on Instagram at Double Say Sports to be notified whenever a podcast goes live. This has been the Double Say Sports Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Double Say Sports to be notified every time the podcast goes live. <laughs>